0: It Really disturbed me, and I'm there's a reason for that addition by subtraction, I guess. All right, so take two. Mm-hmm. Hi, everyone. Tim Kittrow, and you're listening to the Pie Factory Podcast. Boom shakalaka. All right, yeah, I think I hit my record just as like almost. Just before you said boom, so we're, we should be in good shape. Heidel have an easy job. Premature recortilation. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, awesome. at least Heidel have a job, so. That's true. Can't say yeah, he... that. Can't say that much for him right now. Apparently, he lost his last job again. So, oh god. So we're we're funding his uh, lifestyle right now.
1: <laughs> and what an extravagant lifestyle it is. Oh boy, yeah. Yeah.
0: Does he really need ten pounds of caviar each week? I, you know it's i i don't want to speculate because last time i speculated he you remember what happened oh yeah it's a good yeah. point good point yeah. so hi everybody oh hi, to, hi everybody for me too
1: yeah oh hi i everybody. should turn on uh, welcome, lava to, lamp. To, welcome to another pie factory podcast once
0: again ah. from the wasteland that is
1: grundy county illinois this is jimmy
0: g and from the uh, I don't know what what this is up here, but uh, from uh, Cook County, uh, Illinois, this is uh, Sean, not Jimmy G.
1: And I hope everybody is staying safe. Uh, things are getting much worse there with, uh, with the COVID, yeah, COVID and
0: stuff. So, uh,
1: so Sean, how have so. how hast thou been it?
0: <laughs> Um Oh, thank you for asking, because when we last spoke on Pie last Factory Podcast, uh, Pie Factory. we talked about how I uh, rode uh, five miles of the uh, Fox River Valley Trail. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, Fox River Trail. Fox River Trail, yes, thank you, indeed. And that I must have broken a couple of spokes when I put the, the bike back in the car or something. Well, I took it into the shop because I, I just don't have the patience to deal with spokes Mm-hmm. They told me, they said, actually, they weren't broken at all. They were just kind of knocked loose. So we just had okay. to reinforce them. And, and so I was like, wow, that's because I have not had a broken spoke on that wheel at all uh-huh. ever, except when I think some construction equipment might have backed into my bike once. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was it. So I was I was really happy about that. I know everybody was concerned about that. So thank you, everybody, for your concern. I, I, I do appreciate uh, that People, concern. People
1: uh, who know me know about my tale of... Having broken a couple of spokes on a bike ride down in southern Illinois, oh yeah, uh, where it was downpouring because we got the remnants of a hurricane. So that was always always fun, but uh, I I was able to at least finish the ten mile route. I was kind of disappointed I didn't do more, but yeah, it is what it is.
0: Yeah, I've once again I've not like been on my bike very much lately, except for just quick errands around uh, the neighborhood. Same here. My knees uh, but, are starting know, to go. Except when I went to get my flu shot, that was
1: uh, that was yeah. a good uh, three mile trip. <laughs> I got my flu shot, and if you haven't gotten yours, get it.
0: Yeah, yes. Yeah, Assuming so. you can, of course. It, it was crazy because oh, true, true. Uh, there's. It's weird because my wife's prescription card is directly through CVS. So she made an appointment for her flu shot at CVS and they're like, yeah, we can't accept this is dumb, but we can't accept that insurance. You might want to go to Walgreens. Walgreens said, no, we can't accept that insurance, even though both places. Um, and by the way, I do highly commend both CVS and Walgreens for their, uh, COVID safety and keeping customers safe and everything. They do a good job. So good on them. And, uh, they both said, yeah, we, we don't accept that insurance, despite their sign that says, we accept most insurances. Mm-hmm. And appara- I think what it is is that my insurance, our insurance, will not cover the flu shot unless it's administered at a medical facility. Huh. So I had to go to uh, the Northwestern Memorial thingy place where I usually go to have my physicals and stuff and just had them do it. And All right, I got to tell you, a flu shot is... <sighs> Probably the most anticlimactic thing ever because you walk in and you you sit down there like, "Hi, how are you? My my name's Angelica or whatever." And then by the time she says her name, the injection's already done. And it's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, that that's it." Yep, bye bye. Oh, okay.
1: I got my uh, flu shot. Uh, my new employer uh, was offering them for free, so I got one hey, and every time. You. And every time I go in to get my flu shot, after I'm done, I'm like, I look the I look the administ- whoever administered the flu shot and goes. Ah, you gave me the autism's. So <laughs> <laughs> they always get a chuckle. <laughs> oh boy, now, who did? Who? I think Walmart a- administered ours. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, for those who're not in the know, I no longer work for Walgreens. So
0: yeah, and uh, it, it's weird that I, that we were that our first choices to get the flu shot were CVS and Walgreens. Mm-hmm. Yet. I always say, oh, they're giving flu shots away at Jewel. For those of you who uh, aren't familiar with the Midwest, Jewel is a grocery store here. Uh, they're owned by
1: Albertsons they're, for yes, people in yes. other parts of the country.
0: Yes, indeed. Thank you. Uh, but And I always said, I'm not getting a freaking flu shot at a damn grocery store. So why do I get it at Walgreens or CVS? And what's weird is I have used the walk-in clinic at Walgreens and at CVS. And, and the times that I did... Before I left, they'd say, oh, by the way, you want a flu shot? I'd say, sure. Oh, here you go. Bye. And that was I don't understand why that was, I don't know. Uh, We're veering away from uh, arcade video games, aren't we? Yes, we are. So, what have you been playing? Um, Well, aside from the games about which we are talking for this episode, I did the usual stuff, like I played more Mr. Do I in MAME I'm getting ever so closer to 400,000 points at the arcade on an actual machine I came I beat my personal best recently coming close but not quite to 300,000 on an actual machine Um, at underground retro oh oh speaking of which uh uh, those of you who haven't followed us on the social medias i just want to get this out here uh underground retrocade who's been very kind to us since literally the day the podcast launched in fact we announced this podcast from underground retrocade when it launched uh they're going through some rough times right now because well Underground Retrocade had to close down for 2 weeks and the Oh wow, I didn't hear that. We are currently um approaching Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving of course. And the thing about that is Underground Retrocade in November historically had its biggest revenue in November in the last week of the month. So this year it's really going to suck because they have to close. So Underground Retrocade does have a way that you can support the arcade while they're closed you can prepay for your admission for a future time and you can also donate if you say you want to throw some money at them in advance but you don't want anything in return you can do that and i did that recently uh the uh, url for that is retrocade hyphen 109206.square.site s-i-t-e and that will be linked in the show notes please help them out they've been really great to us Mm-hmm. It would be awesome if you possibly could be really great to them. Yes, indeed. They're a really, really cool arcade. They're It's my personal favorite. And I'm, mm-hmm. I swear to God I'm not saying that because they sponsor us. I've been saying that since before we did this podcast. Right. They were also kind enough to sponsor uh, No Quarter. True, they were. Uh, they, um, they, uh,
1: they run a good ship there, and they're very concerned about uh, – People's safety when it comes to COVID and that, too. Yeah. And so. that, that
0: really sucks that they have to shut down, given that they've that they've been amazing at keeping everything nice and clean and safe, uh, and yeah. making sure people have their masks on or some kind of facial covering. Uh, the staff's mm-hmm. been great about it. They have a really good circulation in there, too. Mm-hmm. And even when uh, there was one time I was there, uh, during COVID season when it was pretty busy and I still felt really, really safe there. I can't thank, th- thank the staff at underground retrograde enough for all they've done to keep us safe. So have you been playing anything at home? You know, I still, ha- I, I, I rearranged my little corner of the third bedroom that has, uh, uh, my video game stuff. And I have not plugged in my Atari stuff since, uh, Or my mister. And the thing is, I moved my Vectrex. I used to store my Vectrex under my computer desk, and I'd pull it up up from under the desk when I wanted to play it, which I thought was a terrible idea because, well, if it's out in the open, it would encourage me to use it more. So I rearranged some stuff, made some room for it, so it's prominently on a table, so I can play it. I haven't played it since. So basically, my gaming has been just going to the arcade and playing mame stuff so yeah that's it and i really want to and i i'm i'm off until the monday after thanksgiving so i have plenty of time to lucky rectify that
1: yeah i've uh haven't been playing a whole lot lately uh just my job just totally tires me out by the time i get home it's like i don't feel like playing anything because i'm getting home like at one in the morning uh, yeah and you and, should be uh, getting into
0: bed when you get home
1: yeah and then when I wake up in the morning, I've been sleeping late, and I just don't feel like doing anything until it's time to go to work. And the weekends have been busy lately. Yeah, this today I actually got a chance to play a little, little bit on my television, a little bit on my seventy eight hundred, and uh, but
0: uh, I'll tell you, yeah. I, after hearing Ferg's episode, I want to, I, I absolutely want to play Cakewalk on the twenty six hundred. Yeah, I've played that in emulation before. I need to give it another shot and I
1: was actually uh near where Commievit had their headquarters today. Oh, really? Where was that? Cuz I heard that
0: that it was somewhere in Illinois.
1: Well, they're two uh they're two PO I don't know where their actual offices were, but their two PO boxes were at Fox Valley Mall. Really? Yep. Wow. So I was out by there today. Huh. Yeah. Fox Valley Mall, Aurora, Illinois.
0: And that's where I purchased my first CD ever. Mm-hmm. Now I did not
1: run in. I did not run into Wayne or Garth when I was out there. So you know, yeah, it is what it is. But
0: it uh, is yeah,
1: indeed. Aurora, Illinois. Yeah. So that's about all I've been up to, and uh, hasn't been a whole lot going on in the arcade gaming world lately either, because for
0: obvious reason. But um, yeah, that's about it. And so. I, I also went to Galloping Ghost for our friend Bob's birthday.
1: Yeah, I had to miss out because yeah. I ha- I was at work.
0: Yeah. For at least half the time I was there, it was seriously there. I think there was a tumbleweed rolling across there because I never saw it so deserted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was freaky how weird it was. I mean, there eventually were some people there, but yeah, it was, it was just weird seeing that place so empty. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. it It is kind of weird, but you know, people don't want to chance it these days, which I can't blame them.
0: So that's pretty much been it. I haven't, yeah. Oh, was, I, was I playing anything of notes um and after seeing your Facebook profile picture I really got it I really really want to play some more uh, untitled goose game
1: yeah that's a. oh yeah I have to play more of that that's
0: t- that's such a great game because I, I haven't played it in so long uh, i'm I'm only as far as to the point where you're abusing that kid who you know he he didn't do anything specifically to deserve the abuse that the goose gives him but you still want to see him abused
1: Oh hell yeah! Did you trap him in the uh, phone yes. booth yet? Yes, I did. Yes, <laughs> that's awesome. I
0: love that. Yeah, I'm I'm
1: kind of stuck on that stage too. My kids have already pretty much solved it. I want to play that. Uh, they, I was saying it, mentioning it before that they have the uh, two player uh, option for it now on the Switch. I don't know if that's on Steam or not. Ah, but uh, so yeah, two geese uh, causing mayhem. So that's always <laughs> fun. Is it cooperative yeah. or do you know? Uh, I think it's cooperative. Huh. Yeah, so. Definitely gotta do that. That's that is the most original game
0: in years, I have to say. Ooh, it just so. occurred to me. I mentioned before that I would love for this episode to be out in time for Thanksgiving. Now that Hyde doesn't have a full-time job right now, maybe that'll happen. Ooh. Ooh. So
1: do we have any news? Adenda uh, errata? I
0: don't think we do. Hey, Adenda Errata. Uh, um, yes, there is some um errata. So Ooh. let's, uh, let's high you can the drop theme. this. Yeah, yeah. Now I don't remember at all which episode this was, but there was one point when, for some reason, I was philosophizing about the uh, what people say about. Well, I drank the Kool Aid, and I did the you know meaning that you jumped on the bandwagon and all this, and uh-huh. of course we know. Where that expression, like what that expression specifically refers to, that weird. Oh, I know where you're going with yeah. this. Okay. Yeah, and the thing is, like something that I had heard was that they didn't actually use Kool Aid; they used Flavor Aid allegedly because it was cheaper. So drinking the Kool Aid wouldn't make sense. You know what I found out recently? They actually used Flavor Aid and Kool Aid. And Kool Aid. So yep. still, so actually drinking the Kool Aid is still perfectly valid. I put it in the same category as how people say. Uh, Windy City referring to Chicago, and the story behind that is that it's called the Windy City not because of the weather, but because of the loudmouth politicians or something. That Mm -hmm. is false. It really is because of the weather. It was called the Windy City long before that famous attribution about politicians ever happened. I heard it was because of the uh,
1: controversy about Chicago getting the, uh, the World's Columbian Exposition.
0: Yeah, well, that's kind of what sparked it, because I think it was uh, a newspaper in Cleveland or Cincinnati. I think it was Cleveland. New York? New York? Oh, right. Yeah.
1: At least according to the book, Devil in the White City, it was a newspaper in New great York. Great book. Oh, Amazing book. And I think it's the only book I've ever read like six or seven times. I've only read it once,
0: but it's- And I've listened to the audiobook. Oh. That's a great book. Yeah, currently I'm reading in the St. Nick of Time. I do that every year this time. By one William Pepper, who hosts uh, Atari Bites, and it's a podcast. Charlie Brown. I need to get that book. That I need a, to get both of his. That's books. a good book. That's it's it gets into a lot of detail, but it is it is a really fun read. It's My not problem for right kids, now is I'm just
1: way too tired to do any sort of reading, and and when I do read, it takes me a lot longer than uh, than it should. It's just I just don't have the attention span anymore, unfortunately. Hmm. So. I've got John Cleese's new book called Creativity, and it's a very short book. And uh, I should have finished it weeks ago. Ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, that's where I am. I think I'm like maybe 20
0: pages into it. Okay. Oh, yeah, you know, I will tell you this one thing. Uh, at some point tonight, I would like to open Sean's Drinking Arena. We want to do it now? Sure, sure. Let's, yeah, let's uh, open Sean's about- Drinking kay. Arena. All right. Now, given that hopefully this episode is out... Uh, In time for Thanksgiving, today's Sean's Drinking Arena, I don't believe I tried this stuff yet. I stopped at Lickety Split on the corner of Broadway and Glen Lake in Chicago. Wonderful frozen custard place, and they do a great job of keeping their customers safe from COVID. Uh, They're friendly staff and everything. I can't recommend them enough, so I won't. No, actually, I do recommend them. Uh, But... I stopped in there today just for the specific reason to see if they had any drinks for Sean's drinking arena. And one of the owners was actually unloading a huge shipment of uh, Rocket Fizz stuff that he just got in. And so I grabbed something I don't think I ever tried, and it's Lester's Fixin's Pumpkin Pie Soda. Have you ever had this, Jimmy G.? No, it sounds good. Yeah. Well, let me test it now. I have a pint glass. Oh, this pint glass, by the way, comes from our friends at uh, Guys Games and Beer, but I'm drinking from this with a couple of ices in it, and hmm. It doesn't taste like pumpkin pie at all, as far as I'm concerned. It tastes kind of like the smell of cinnamon candle, and I mean that in a good way. It's, it's pretty enjoyable. It's very nice. Very refreshing. It's a little bit... It's cinnamony, but not so cinnamony that it's like, yeah! It's more like, ooh, cinnamon. Mmm. I'll tell you what, right now I'm wishing that the Commodore 64 Jeopardy used the actual Think music instead of that weird (laughs) thing that everybody's hearing right now. Oh, speaking of which, R.I.P. Alex Trebek. Which is exactly why I mentioned that. Yep. And I just have to say this. Will Ferrell did a horrible awful oh, he did. Alex Trebek impersonation put Will
1: Ferrell's impersonation next to Eugene Levy's Eugene Levy's blows his away I
0: have not seen that yet
1: Oh you haven't No well I'll have to share I have to share another
0: link on my Facebook page Ooh. And yeah the thing is like two Will Ferrell things that were awful were uh, Alex Trebek and Harry Carey I a, loved his Harry carry. His Harry Carey was better than his Alex Trebek, but neither, they both kind of... It's like, no, no. But the thing about... I hear space is cold. The, yeah, it's cold. is it
1: as cold as an ice-cold Budweiser?
0: It's <laughs> and uh, the thing about his Jeopardy thing is you didn't watch it for Alex Trebek. You watched it for Sean Connery and the other celebrity Yeah, you definitely did. And, of course, Turd Ferguson, we can't uh, forget, so... But yeah, um, so there we go, Sean's Drinking Arena, um, the Pumpkin Pie Soda, pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. You know, I, I, This is not one of these times that I have to have a backup drink, so yay. Yay. Mm. So, what about you, Jimmy G?
1: Well, um, what about me? I don't know. Uh, I've got no news, no addenda, no errata, no nothing. But well, we, we already do did have the an addenda from- and errata. Yeah, but uh, we do have an email from Eugenio, but we will get to that a
0: little bit later. Okay, okay, that sounds like a thing. So, how about we get so, to uh, the games then? How about we do that? Hmm. So, what are we going to do this week?
1: All right, which one well, are we going to talk about? Here's
0: which, what I think we should wait, do. Where just did my to notes go? for thematic, uh, for uh, for, uh, for semi thematic purposes, I think it would make sense to start with your game today.
1: Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> well, we well, get that about out some... of the
0: way and end on a positive yeah. note.
1: <laughs> We've. Ta- I'm not going to spend too much time on this game because there's not much you really need to say about this game, other than I'm already going to tell you my rating. If we could
0: give it a zero, I'd give it a zero. But it is, this is a one? The one is the zero. The one is the absolute rock bottom. So See, you know, I, ca- I, I can't seem to. Have- if I could give it a zero, I would. Yeah, if you could give it a zero, then it's like oh, I w- I, if I could give it a negative, I would. But.
1: You know, I, I, I hate these YouTube channels or whatever. They rate and review stuff, and they have a scale of 1 to 10, and then they give it like a 6.5. So what, you need like 20 now? <laughs> don't, just rate it on a 1 to 20 scale then. I Yeah, if you're doing 1 to 5, that's one thing. I can understand halves on that. But if you're yeah. giving them 10, there's no there's no excuse. You No, there's no excuse. See,
0: well, better not than enough. a 6, but not quite a 7. It's,
1: oh, come on. Yeah, I'll give it nine hundred and forty-five point three out of ten million. <laughs>
0: like, why? Yeah,
1: <laughs> why? It's like the same thing. So, are we actually anyway, going to yeah, talk about games tonight? <laughs> at some point, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I guess the first game we're going to talk about is Chiller. Chiller, nineteen eighty-six. yeah yes, Chiller. Uh, you, you are correct, sir. Hassan oh, ho, Chiller. Ho, ho, ho. So, anyway, any uh, Chiller, stuff. 1986 from Exidy. This is a single-player game. It's a gun. I believe it was available as a conversion kit for, like, Crossbow and Cheyenne and their other gun well, you games. You already answered uh, a
0: question I was going to ask.
1: Yeah. So, uh, basically, it's a horror theme game where you're basically just shooting people and monsters, and it's, it's very gruesome. It's probably the most, for the sort of primitive graphics of the game, it's pretty gruesome. And, uh, yeah, so... Um, so there's four different uh, stages in the game. The first, the uh, first one's a torture chamber. Uh, the second one is a different torture chamber. Uh, the next one it's is the haunted hallway house. or something they call yeah, it. Yeah, haunted house hallway, and then the final's a you know cemetery. There are four humans still living, of course, on the first screen in the, tor- the first torture chamber. You got a man chained to the wall, someone in a guillotine or a guillotine, a uh, woman strapped down to some machine, and a and a man's head is in a vice. And uh yeah, you can shoot the guillotine to decapitate the person. Uh you can use the vice, shoot the vice to crush the one's the guy head and there's blims and body parts all over in the next you know in the background and um yeah, and people that aren't in uh, tor- uh con- torture contraptions, you have to sh- to shoot every part of their body until like the body's gone. As far as the second torture chamber, it's got like a, uh, I don't know, like a ditch with blood down the middle. And, uh, there's five yeah. humans in it. A man strapped to a board. I man, someone, a guy chained to the floor, two people on the rack. And, uh, you know, you shoot the wheels to pull them apart. And then there's a woman hung on a rope over the river. Um, uh, you got to shoot like a pulley and lower her into the river. And each time she lowers, she gets eaten by a crocodile slowly, but slowly. And, uh, body slowly, parts. but slowly. Yeah. Body parts flow down the ditch, and uh, sometime a man will pop out of the door to toss a blade at one of the victims. third one is a haunted house hallway. There's only one human on the level. It's a woman that runs from, from door to door. Um, shoot out a trap door to cause her to fall, and then you shoot the beast that chases her. The other targets are mostly ghosts and a few random body parts. And the final level is a graveyard. Your only human victim on the level. It's a woman who's half-buried in the ground, if you shoot her torso several times, it strips off her clothing until she is topless. Yes, there's nudity in the game. And the last yeah. shot kills her. Then you got bats, hands, and you know a man f- pulling a cart full of body parts. Bring out your you know, The game repeats until you manage to find every secret target There are secret targets on the screen. And uh, shooting all the targets on a single screen earns you a bonus game, which is a slot machine. Yep. And finding all the hidden targets give you a second bonus game, which is a shooting gallery and a free game. And that's really all there is to say about this game. I mean, it's, yeah. you got to basically score a certain number of points when, before your time is up. There's like nothing. It's it's like a time-based game. And uh, if you're not shooting very accurately, the timer moves faster. And um, I'm just saying, this is not a fun game at all. <laughs> uh, this is probably one of the worst games I think I've ever played. Really? yeah it, it this is this thing is bad it's it's it appears to be to be just a cash grab that they did just to i don't know it was, try to breathe some life into the uh into the old uh crossbow cabinets but um, yeah I'm not a fan of
0: this game oh, it, when did the game come out uh 86. okay yeah that was generally not a good time for cause the thing is like it's the graphics aren't 1986 quality on it not at all If it was 84, it would be passable. Yeah, yeah. But not 86. Yeah, it's kind of like the whole thing about how Atari 7800's launch titles were like asteroids. And it's like in 1986, Mm -hmm. people didn't want to play asteroids. In 1986, people don't want to see 1984 graphics in the arcade. Right, exactly. And then again, for some of this game, I don't know if I want the
1: graphics to be any better. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, I remember we were talking about Miss World Nude 95 or Miss World 95 nude, whatever you call it, and uh, how I made the comment that it seems like it's a kind of a game that the mafia would have created. This almost has that same sort of feel, really? I have to say. And, you know, I'm not a guy that shies away from horror or horror themes at all. But if you're going to do it, you know, do it and make it fun. I mean, you know me. I've showed you that movie 2000 Maniacs from Herschel Gordon Lewis circa 1964 or 5, I think it was. Yeah, and that and was very a disturbing. bad Pretty bad, gruesome movie, but you know it's at least you know there was some sort of effort put into it. This doesn't seem like they put any sort of effort into this. They just like, hey, we could do something gruesome and not even really think about the gameplay. Oh, by the way, the the game game is the
0: game. By the way, is called Miss World '96 Nude
1: '96. Okay, I don't know Miss World '96 Nude. Nude. But as far as this game, it just there's there's really no gameplay here. It's it plays more like a screensaver than it does an actual game. Huh. Like a screensaver where you got targets flying across the screen, you shoot something, Interesting. and then, hey, it comes back to the desktop. You know, you play this game, you expect the desktop to come back. Yeah, all it is is just a shooting gallery, really. Yeah, it is. It's it's like a gruesome and, dare I say, more lame version of Carnival. And I think Carnival is lame. Oh, I like Carnival. We haven't, we haven't talked don't.
0: about that yet, have we?
1: Nah, it might be on our list. Uh-oh. I'll have
0: to double-check that. Oh.
1: But... You might be wondering, Jim, where is the first place you've ever seen or played this? Well, (laughs) first place I ever saw it was Galloping Ghost. This game did not get huge distribution at all because of its themes. And uh, I've seen it at Galloping Ghost, but I've never played it because I've just had no desire to play it. Because I have played it in MAME a few times. And uh, why would anybody play this? It's just, I, I, I don't get it. This game is just not fun. If they made it, would have made this game fun, you know. It's one thing, but like I said, it just feels like a screensaver to me. I don't know. This is not a good game, not at all.
0: You know, I I gotta tell you, like when I went to Galloping Ghost for uh, Bob's birthday, Mm -hmm. I had two. There were two games that I wanted to play, and those are the games that we're talking about right now. And I know they have both of them. So I'm looking around, and I couldn't find Chiller anywhere, and it's very possible that I just pass it up, because there are so many games in there that you you can easily pass up. And especially because right. uh, since the last time I'd been at the Ghost, they did some major rearranging. I think the yes. only things that are still in the same place are the uh, like Arkanoid and the Falling Block games. I think those are the only ones still... real. And the... uh The Grid. The- Uh, The Grid and um, the games by uh, Gottlieb slash Rat slime; those are still in the same place. So I went up to the front desk and I asked the guy, I don't know who it was working or it was anybody I recognized, but I asked him, I said, hey, do you guys still have Chiller? He said, oh, yeah, we have it, but it's not working right now. I was like, oh, okay, which to me was good news, bad news. Bad news, I couldn't do my research. Good news, hey, I didn't have to play that creepy-ass game. But he told me that they were actually going to be using it for – a Halloween-themed horror kind of tournament. And Mm -hmm. so they got it out. They they put it aside specifically for the tournament. They turned it on, and nothing happened. So they're Mm -hmm. like, oh, crap. So, And yeah, and which I can totally believe, because this was the first weekend in November right after Halloween. So yeah, Uh that sounds about right. But I got to tell you, though, when I played this MAME, and yeah, those first two levels, the the, uh, torture chamber and... Oh, I don't remember what they officially call that second screen that's basically just another torture chamber, but yeah, those are just very disturbing. Oh, my God. And it doesn't help that in the first screen that the background music is the Frederick Chopin Death March, and that that is a very depressing piece of music. Everybody's heard that music, by the way. It's uh, nothing that... it's like. Not that I'm a classical music snob who had to go, it's like, oh, it's, it, it's not like the, uh, Brandenburg concerto that was used in lock and chains. This is something everybody knows, but man, just put that, those two things together. You're in for a, just a very disturbing game, but I got to tell you, like, it seems that things change a bit on the third and fourth screens because it doesn't seem that you're necessarily the bad guy anymore because you're shooting at things that would terrify somebody. You're shooting at ghosts. You're shooting at a bear. You're shooting at the Grim Reaper, I think, mm-hmm. at some point. And in the cemetery, you know, you're shooting at things that really are not your friends necessarily I think the fourth screen it's just pointless shooting you're shooting dead bodies you're shooting tombstones you're shooting windows and well and and an owl but that that's really it it's like the first two screens you're playing this wicked twisted f- but the third and fourth screens it's like eh. on one hand it's it's actually kind of a little bit of a relief that in those third and fourth screens it's not quite as disturbing, but on the other hand, it shows kind of a lack of coherency, consistency. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, I, it's not the greatest game in the world. I'm not going to go so far as to give it a a one. I'm going to give it two out of five continues, simply because there's really not much to it. It just repeats over and over and over those same four things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you do get the uh, the bonus rounds sometimes, but a big freaking whoop. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and, like, there's a lot of strategy with a slot machine.
0: Yeah, right, right. It's just a matter of luck, really. Mm-hmm. You just shoot the gun, and when you shoot the gun, the reel stops spinning. Repeat two more times. That's really all I have to say about this game. Do you have any, like, high scores or anything? Uh, yeah, I was able to procure a Twin Galaxies score, and um, let me see. According to Twin Galaxies, the highest score they have on record is... Um, 43,055,610, performed wow. by Sean Howlett, and that was verified by referee on December 11th, 2010. And uh, were there any... Did you talk about home ports? Were there oh, any I did not ports? talk about
1: home ports. Yeah, there's, uh, there's actually a couple. There was a version of it on the Commodore 64, the MSX, Amstrad CPC, the ZX Spectrum. Uh, but there was also an unofficial... Not an unofficial, a unlicensed port to the
0: uh, NES... Oh, really? Which, I th- I thought that was uh, that was the one that I knew of. I, th- I thought for sure that was going to be a-, a real one. <laughs> uh, I have never. I wonder if there's a video of Chiller on the NES. Oh, there's got to be. There's videos for everything. There we go. There are videos for everything. Sorry about my grammar. Let's
1: get past these ads here. It's Chiller by American Game Cartridges Incorporated. And uh, of
0: course, you use the light gun. Is it actually a light gun, or is it one of those uh, guns that's really... its probably is a light gun. No, these are light guns. Okay. Well, yeah, especially if it's the uh, crossbow gun.
1: Okay. Is this actual the gameplay here, or is this a track mode? This looks like the gameplay. The gameplay looks like it starts in the cemetery screen. Huh. Unless it's selectable. Let's see what we got here. How long is this video? 14 minutes. I'm not watching the whole thing. Come on. Come on. Come on, man. Oh, yeah. The ectoplasmic tabulator.
0: Oh yes, yes, that the uh was was it the the score or the timer, yeah. I don't remember. Okay, now here's the haunted house hallway. Okay, the
1: second torture taint chamber. So it looks like the screens go in reverse order on the NES. Huh.
0: Which almost makes sense in a way because it gets progressively more, more disturbing. Yeah. Like cuz the thing is like the reason I was not looking forward to this game was cuz I had played it before and I never got past I I don't think I ever got past that second screen. So to me, Chiller was all about nothing but being that weird, twisted person who's just going to torture people like that very graphically.
1: And it looks like there's no nudity, no female nudity in the NES version. How about male nudity? Uh, Just topless. I know no pants, but they're wearing like a loincloth. Hmm. What a lame game. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Did I, do you think I don't like this game? I, I, you know, I never know with you. Mm -hmm. So that's all I have to say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I mean, yeah, you, you, you heard me. I mean, two continues out of five.
1: Yeah. So I'm not going to repeat myself here. (laughs) Like I want to do. So I think we should probably just move on.
0: Okay, let's move on. Oh, so that means it's my turn to present uh, something. It is your turn. It is your turn Well, then, hey, I will talk about Turkey Shoot.
1: Yay, hey, hey, Turkey Shoot.
0: Woohoo! Turkey shoot! Yes, turkey Woo-hoo. shoot! Ah, turkey shoot! You
1: are correct, sir.
0: Because I never remember how the heck we're introducing games anymore. Nah, so I figured don't. just do it all the way, all the ways. Let's go all the way. Turkey shoot was released in 1984, distributed by Williams and designed by Williams. But here's the thing: the development was actually done not in-house, but by a company called Games Alive exclamation point Inc. based out of Atlanta. I-
1: I, oh, excuse me. No. I learned
0: something. Yeah. And, uh, I was able to stumble upon some information, just a tiny bit of information about games alive when I found the LinkedIn profile of Wayne P Bryfogle. And according to his resume, he was the senior system software engineer and architect at games alive Inc. And, uh, it says, and I quote under contract to Williams games, Chicago, Illinois, we developed the microprocessor-based arcade game Turkey Shoot. I was responsible for the real-time operating system design that controlled all aspects of user interface and graphic display management. The project was written in assembler for the Motorola 6809 microprocessor. And honestly, that was about the only information I could find about the game. And I was hoping that I might be able to message this guy, see if I get more out of him, but if LinkedIn wouldn't let me do it, so... Meh. Oh. But I had never heard, of, just like you, I never heard of Games Alive before, but from no. what I could find, the business itself was registered on June 24th, 1983, and dissolved on March 10th, 1987. And uh, this Wayne Pryvogel guy, by the way, he also worked on another game called Playball, which I do not believe was a Williams game, but it was a baseball-themed game, If I'm if I'm... Not mistaken. If I am mistaken, then it's not a baseball themed game, quite simply. And uh, anyway, back to Turkey Shoot, whose full title is Turkey Shoot, The Day They Took Over. Well, who's they? <laughs> Thank you for asking, friends. They is the Turkeys. And uh, the deal is, this game takes place in the future. Mind you, the game was made in 1984, so it took place in five years. The future. Now, here's what it says in the game itself. The year is 1989, one year after the Great Gobble Blight, which plagued the world, should be that plagued the world, excuse me. One-third of the Earth's populace was transformed by the ailment. The side effect of the Turkey transformation is a tendency toward violence and camaraderie between these Turkeys to organize for rabble rousing in the urban areas. I'm scared. <laughs> In February 89, a group of specially trained agents, the Turkey Terminators, was formed for the sole task of destroying the Turkey Menace, dot, dot, dot. And so it begins. As a Turkey Terminator, the player is given 100 missions and three weapons to eliminate all the turkeys, leaving no, uh, single finger quote, leftovers, Let's see what they did there, He can take (laughs) aim with his lethal laser gun using the position dot on the screenshot to hone in on his enemies with deadly accuracy. He can launch a lit grenade to annihilate all the turkeys within range, or he can activate his gobble button, available one time each mission, to freeze all the turkeys for an instant, making them, single finger quotes again, sitting ducks. Missions are varied and include reacting quickly to clever ploys such as turkey air raids, turkeys disguising themselves as businessmen, and turkey helicopter getaways. Every 8th round is a rapid fire bonus wave where the p- bad grammar again people it should be in which the player has 15 seconds to eliminate as many criminals as possible. Shooting fire hydrants and trash cans, as well as freeing bystanders who have been taken hostage, also score bonus points. Three single finger quote again foul ups, F O W L ups, are allowed and occur whenever any turkey, a pilot turkey, boss turkey, cyborg turkey, or thug turkey, escapes, or when an innocent bystander, a businessman, a shopper, or policeman, is damaged. So, uh, by the way, despite the punny spelling of foul ups in the manual, F-O-W-L, the text on the screen, at least the version I played, actually spells it F-O-U-L, so they kind of missed the joke in there. Now, seeing as I basically read the on-screen backstory and instructions, I figured I should contrast that with uh, what it says in the manual. The Mm -hmm. manual, the operator manual, says, With a hand on his gun his gobble and grenade buttons at the ready, the player defeats his territory from marauding turkeys. He's given a hundred missions to eliminate all the turkeys. He can take aim with his laser gun, using the cursor on the screen to go home in on his enemies. Or he can launch a grenade to blast all turkeys within range. Once each mission, he can activate his gobble button to momentarily freeze all the turkeys. Astute players learn that most turkeys can be eliminated by a shot to the body, However, the cyborg Mechano turkey persists until they hit him in the head. No turkey will succumb to a shot in the leg. Missions require quick reactions to clever plays such as turkey air raids, turkeys disguising themselves as businessmen, and turkey helicopter getaways. Every eighth wave earns a rapid fire bonus where the player has 15 seconds to eliminate as many turkeys as possible. The player can score bonus points by shooting fire hydrants and trash cans as well as freeing hostages. Three follow-ups are allowed. These occur whenever a turkey escapes or when an innocent bystander is injured. So there we go, two different views from Williams as to how the game is played. Uh by the way, I should talk about the control panel. Uh the con- the main control is a gun. Uh I the way it felt when I was playing the game, it felt like the gun uh was actually a joystick in disguise, but the manual calls it a laser gun. So I don't know. I don't know. Hmm.
1: It well the few times I've played it, it certainly felt like the, the joystick as a gun like Terminator 2 and uh oh yeah. uh, what whatever that Aerosmith game Revolution X. Yeah. So it certainly felt like it.
0: Yeah, and actually the manual specifically says, shoot, mischievous turkeys with a laser gun. And there's also a gobble button on either end of the control panel, either side of the control panel, that is. And according to the manual, press gobble, freeze the turkeys and pick them off with a gun. Yeah, you press the gobble button, you hear a gobble noise, and all the turkeys on screen just stay in place for about two or three seconds, if that. And you can just knock them away. That's really, I'll get to that in a moment. And there's a grenade button on the end of the gun that is the butt of the gun. Uh, and I'll tell you what, the control panel is very difficult in this game because, well, first of all, like it is hard to keep pulling the trigger. And on top of all that, if you want to launch a grenade, there's no easy way to do it because your other hand is going to be on the gobble button. So the only real way I've found to actually reliably activate the grenade button is to hit it with my chin. And I was wearing a mask at the time, so that way I wouldn't transmit any illnesses. But yeah, but according to the manual, press grenade! Eliminate several turkeys in one blast. And that, yeah, that's that's difficult. That That is a difficult thing. But I talked about how Williams tells you about the game. Let me tell you a little bit more. Uh, so those of you who haven't seen it, you have a better idea of what to look forward to when you eventually do play it. Uh, at the beginning of each mission, there's a message on the screen that tells you what to look out for. Uh, for example, mission 4, you're told, Anonymous tip that Hi-Fi Nook may be robbed. And I'll get to that in a moment. And your directives might include stopping a robbery, which means basically you don't let anybody run off the screen with a sack of money. If you do, that's considered a foul There is a Turkey Air Raid, which is every third wave of every group of 8 missions. And, uh, so that's basically, uh, the third wave, the 11th wave, et cetera. And what happens is the turkeys are basically attempting kamikaze attacks on the helicopter, or at least that's what it looks like. I think they're actually trying to fly away with it, uh, given the, uh, directions that Williams provides. And basically you just have to make sure that none of them actually get to the helicopter and, all I can think of during this wave when the turkeys are flying to the helicopter, does that make you think of anything? Turkeys flying in the, oh God. Yep. We got to drop a clip here.
1: As God is my witness. I thought turkeys could fly.
0: Thank you, Hyde.
1: Yep. mm-hmm. Should have seen
0: that coming. Yep. Um, I wonder if that had anything to do with it. But uh, anyway, you're also told major attack is brewing. Protect the helicopter in all stores. And that's the seventh of every group of eight missions, which means that not only are stores being robbed and uh, possible innocent bystanders are being taken as hostage, but they're also attacking the helicopter. Oh, those waves are a biatch. Oh, man. I don't even remember how far I got in the game. Yeah, the only reason I got far at all was save states in Maine. <laughs> But um, every eighth mission is a bonus mission. You simply just shoot as many turkeys as possible. Uh, the bonus round ends if you commit a follow-up, but the follow-up doesn't count toward your regular follow-up count. So was, was it space duel that has the fake bonus round where it tells you it's a bonus round, but you could still lose a life? Zookeeper? Oh, yeah, yeah, it was Zookeeper. That's right. But yeah, here, this is actually a bonus round. You do not lose a life during the bonus round. And uh, between rounds, the machine actually tosses a bunch of feathers in front of the screen. That's Actual a neat touch. feathers. That is a nice touch. Uh, I can imagine that must have been a nightmare to maintain that machine because of that. Because the more moving parts you have, the more likely something's yeah, going to break down. Just a simple,
1: simple fan in a, yeah. with a
0: few feathers. I yeah, don't think yeah, it's that complicated. Yeah, that's true. And the thing is, it doesn't affect the playability at all. You no, can, it doesn't. Yeah. If, uh, if that fails, it's not a big deal. Yeah, so if you play this game in MAME, you're not going to see the feathers. But uh, what else can I say? Oh, yeah, the uh, I do have to mention the death animation on the turkeys. You shoot a turkey, and the turkey actually turns into a plate with a cooked turkey on it. And then shortly after that, the turkey disintegrates into a stack of bones. So that's a pretty creative, if uh, almost forced humor animation there. <laughs> and uh At some point during the mission, you're probably going to hear an alarm sound. In fact, uh, Hyde, I'm sending you an alarm sound. Please drop it right here in three, two, one, go. Now, when you hear that sound, that is an indication that one of the businesses in the town has been robbed. And speaking of which, we should talk about that town. There are different parts of town that different waves are going to take part in. And uh, they kind of rotate uh, among these three parts of town. Uh, basically, each part of town you're in, you're on the street, uh, or at least you have kind of a bird's-eye view of a street at a T-intersection. In the first part of town you're in, along the bar of the T-intersection, that top bar, there's a business called Nachos. Uh, another business that has a sign on it that says Star Rider, and that appears to be a movie theater. In the middle of it is Justice Hall, and that's where the helicopter is resting. Wait, Star the- Rider? Star Rider. Star Rider. Rider. R I D E R.
1: Oh, like the uh, the Williams Laserdisc game?
0: Like the la- Williams Laserdisc game? I see what they did there. I that did not occur to me until now. Hm. But you have the Justice Hall, and that's where the helicopter is waiting. Uh, there's a bank next to that, and then in the upper right corner on that T intersection is Mike's Arcade. And then the road that goes down the middle, on the left side, you have a toy store. It just says Toys and hi fine Nook. And then on the right side, across the street from there, you have Jeans Clothing Store, uh, J-E-A-N, apostrophe S, and a place called Suds. Uh, I'm guessing that's a tavern or something, or it could be a laundromat. I don't know. You're never really told. Uh, Another part of town you might be in, depending on the wave, is uh, you have on the T-intersection, on the the cross part, there's a record store called Chick It Out. Uh, Actually, Chick It Out in the record store might be two different businesses. It's hard to tell. There's what appears to be another Justice Hall, because the helicopter's on top of it, but there's no sign on the building, but there's the helicopter. Uh, There's Featherbed's Video Coop. And on the left side, on the uh, vertical street, the left side, you have Turkish Bath. And on the right side, across the street, you have WJRN Radio 1989. I noticed there that every one of those businesses has some kind of a pun that has something to do with poultry. Like, chick it out, um... Feather beds, video coop, Turkish bath. You see what they? I don't know <laughs> about WJRN. I might be missing something there. That would have been funny
1: if that would have been a WKRP joke there.
0: Well, J is one away from K, and N is just two away from P. So who knows? Might be. Unless it might, I don't know, it might be the initials of somebody who works at Williams. I don't know. Okay. By the way, with this knowledge wjrn we can assume that this game takes place east of the mississippi river oh because the radio station is a w station oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's true 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 i know of two exceptions to that rule and that was kdka in pittsburgh and wmom in utah so yeah and those stations were formed before that practice started happening, so that's why. Uh, anyway, uh, there's the third part of town. Uh, on the T-intersection, the crossbar, there's uh, John's Used Cars, Computer Biz, uh, Justice Hall. There actually is a sign in there that says Justice Hall this time. Gold Store and Pilgrim Hotel. Oh, see what they did there, Pilgrim Hotel, huh? And on the left side of the vertical street, there's Electrofoam, and on the right side is Really Robot. So those are the businesses you have to protect. And uh, personally, I have to say, things that you're going to be doing, obviously, you're going to shoot every turkey you can. Don't let any turkey get away with the money. Uh, Sometimes there'll be multiple money bags you have to protect. The way I see it, it's almost like rip-off in that regard, and that you'll see a turkey exit a building with a sack of money and you have to shoot it. Uh And once you shoot that turkey down, then any other turkey on the screen can run over and grab that money and try to run away from it. And you just repeat that process until all the turkeys are gone. And it just reminded me of ripoff because it's kind of similar that how the canisters of fuel might end up in different parts of the screen and the thing is you really got to be careful after the first few levels because you uh, might get a situation in which there's a cop in the way you might shoot the cop which is not good Uh, there's one wave in which uh, there's a big shopping spree going on so there are innocent bystanders running all over the place and the turkeys are bright enough to know that, uh, if they kind of hide among those bystanders, they're putting you at your own risk of shooting the wrong thing. And, oh man, those are hard levels too, when you have to do that. But anyway, uh, I'm going to talk about how to score points in this game. Uh, If you shoot a thug turkey or pilot turkey, you get 500 points. If you shoot a boss turkey, you get 750 points. Uh, Shooting a cyborg Mechano Turkey will give you a thousand points, and rescuing a hostage will uh, earn you a thousand points. If you shoot a garbage can, fire hydrant, or a tree, you get fifty points. And if you successfully complete mission one million, no, if you successfully complete mission one hundred, the final mission, you get a million points. Now, here's what happens if you do that. Now, if you don't want a spoiler, then skip ahead by about 30 seconds. If you clear mission number 100, the cast will kind of take a curtain call, kind of like at the end of a play. They come out in groups, the good guys come out, the bad guys come out, the various turkeys, etc., and they take little bows. And the caption on the screen says, The End? with a question mark on it. And then level 100 plays over again. And I believe the game is over once the replay of level 100 happens. And uh, the high score table. Now, this is how you know it's a Williams game because the high score table looks like it's just the modified Joust high score table. You have two different high scores. There's daily high scores. And then below that, there's another table. And it's labeled Chief Ludzia's Elite Turkey Terminators. Who was Chief Ludzia? Well, the implication is that that is the chief of police your boss and if you google chief ludzia mm-hmm. uh, ludzia you're only going to get links to turkey shoot so i i don't know where that is so yeah uh, jimmy g is there anything uh, you would like to add to what i talked about here
1: no not really um you know my experience with the game is very limited um the the gameplay has that distinct williams look and feel yeah, um, yeah,
0: and the and the sound effects sound very familiar mm-hmm.
1: too. But uh, yeah, I I need to get more experience with this game. I have only place I've ever seen it was at the Galloping Ghost, and from what I was Me looking too. at here, they only made 450 cabinets, so that explains why I've never seen it.
0: Yeah, it's not a common game. I never heard of it until I saw it at uh, the Ghost, and yeah, there weren't any home versions as far as I could tell, and yeah. But I, I got to say though this is a f- it's a fun game and uh while I was at the ghost I managed to uh video record some gameplay and I will put that online for our Patreon sponsors and um yeah just uh, so that way you can see the feathers too so if you're stuck with uh, mame you'll at least have a chance to see what the feather uh, the explosion of feathers looks like at the end of the round what else do I have to say not much but I got to tell you I I really enjoy turkey shooting I think what helps is You're already told right off the bat there are 100 missions, so you know that it's going to come to an end eventually, and that each mission is unique. As far as I could tell, at least as far as I got, which is probably about, I don't know, 20 missions, that's with save states, mind you, (laughs) every mission that I played up through that 20th mission was different. There was something different about every mission the gameplay is kind of scaffolded, like the difficulty kind of builds up upon itself. Mm-hmm. And so you're never going to get the same thing twice necessarily, as far as I can tell, at least. And it's a fun little game. It's unique. It's a, it's a unique game. I mean, your, your job is to shoot turkeys. The turkeys are the bad guys and you are the, the cop who has to shoot the bad guys, prevent the, uh, prevent businesses from being successfully robbed. I will say, I I think I mentioned this before, but I'm going to say it again though. It gets very tiring, repeatedly pulling on that trigger. Though <laughs> it's really difficult to get any, for at least for for me to get anywhere on the actual arcade game. I gotta say it emulates really well in Mame. Uh, you could just use your uh, uh, like a mouse or your trackpad or something uh, to act as the gun, and you could just configure the uh, gobble keys and the uh, grenade key, wherever however you want it to be. And it's it's actually very playable in Mame. I'm gonna rate turkey shoot four out of five continues just because it's so different mm-hmm. it, it's a unique game it's it's fun uh the sound i love the sound effects i like the uh, little puff of feathers there are just so many nice touches to this game and even in the high score table you shoot your initials and it's a little bit easier to do than say entering your initials on say food fight where you're supposed mm-hmm. to throw a pie at the uh the, yeah, the correct letters definitely food fight is what i call a dbq game because my initials always end up being dbq instead of dbr <laughs> but here on turkey shoot yeah i definitely get dbr so
1: yeah deeper well i am going to rate this game a three mainly because i need more experience with it Well, play uh, I, it more I, you know what i think that's a good idea yes yes so yeah i need more experience with it and so i don't think i'm a good person to judge it. So I think giving it a three for now because what I've seen so far I like. But like I said, yeah. So that's my reasoning for three.
0: Yeah. And uh I got a twin galaxies score by the way for um Turkey Shoot. And uh, that is two million three hundred and fifty eight thousand five hundred and fifty performed by Jeff Peters and that was certified way back on May 5th, 1987. So there's a Twin Galaxies record just 33 years old just waiting to be taken down let's get with it people come on
1: so well so yeah you know oh you know what i just realized oh on the day we're recording this eleven twenty-one. you know whose birthday it is who jerry buckner oh that's right happy buckner birthday, to jerry, buckner. Happy birthday yes. jerry buckner so a uh, little pac-man fever for you yeah. And, oh, that- yeah
0: and speaking of which you know what i got yesterday what did you got? Uh, I got uh, courtesy of Worm Quartet. I got the Pac-Man EP. Oh, Worm Quartet is a gentleman named Tim Christ who is a major Pac-Man buff and he uh, This is crazy. This is uh, I I might have mentioned him before, but some years ago I got a I got a friend request from him on Facebook from this guy, Tim Christ, and he messaged me privately and said, hey, you don't know me, but here's why I'm sending you a friend request. I saw you uh, posting on uh, uh, something, and you were mentioning Atari 7800, and I noticed you also kind of offhandedly mentioned Brian Wilson. Well, I'm a big Brian Wilson fan, and I figured you might be a good person to network with. And then I later found out that I had been enjoying his music on the Dr. Demento show. Oh, well, there you go. And, and I later found out, I was like, wait a minute, you're a warm quartet? <laughs> So I commented on one of his posts I it's like dude I we've been Facebook friends for about a year and I'm only just realizing your warm quartet. And somebody else commented and said don't feel too bad I'm his cousin and I'm only just finding out. But yeah, he he I I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet but uh, I just got it yesterday. Nice. I, I I donated to his uh GoFundMe. Uh, it's coming out on vinyl, but if you donated like a certain amount, you would also get a digital pre-release, which I just got. So uh, I know he does a cover of Pac-Man Fever on it. Because I got by the way something i strongly recommend strongly recommend this uh, it's about eh, about 15 years old he did a song called great idea for a song seek that out it is hysterical it is a great tune but if only you need great idea for a song and with
1: that uh, do you think we should read eugenio's uh- email his feedback oh
0: i i absolutely feel we should we, it's it's only right well let's do that and then we'll reveal the theme huh eh? okay all why don't you kick us off
1: all right i'll kick you uh i'm sorry i'll kick it off <coughs> uh hi jim and sean i hope you guys are staying well as of this writing i read that moderna believes their covid vaccine will be able to get accelerated uh, approval in late december I sure hope this is true as a vaccine is the only thing that will slow down the virus. Yeah, the since meantime, we've gotten
0: that email, we now have two vaccines that are on the way.
1: One is 90% effective. The other one, they say, is like 94, I believe. So well, the
0: one that was 90% effective, now they're saying 95. Ooh, there you go. Yeah.
1: So uh, the only thing that helps slow down the virus. In the meantime, you know what I'm going to say? Wear a mask, wash your hands, and social distance. And Eugenio is a doctor, so I would take his advice. Yes. Yep. Uh, with that said, it's time to start giving you feedback on today's games. Or... So, 1.Chiller. So this is a game that I've been aware of, but I've never seen one at any arcade or retro event. Can't say that I'm surprised by that, given the nature of this game. This is a light gun game that seems to be a mix of horror scenes. These include a torture chamber, a rack room, a hallway, a graveyard, and even a bonus round. Ladder is only reached if the player is able to shoot all the secret items in the other four rooms. This game is rather gory, particularly in the first two screens where human characters are being tortured to death. This is likely why finding one of these machines has to be very difficult. The hallway and the graveyard are not as terrible because you are shooting zombies in other haunts. Much to my surprise, this game was adapted to the NES. That version, I understand, was not officially licensed and is also not as gory as the arcade machine. Well, each of these screens, though, is pretty accurate representation of the arcade game. In any event, not sure this is a game I'd go out of my way to play. Uh, not, you know, I'll read Turkey Shoot. Ah. Uh, number two, Turkey Shoot. This is another light gun game, and it is one I had never seen or heard about. At least this one does not resort to gore, and rather can be funny from the videos I was able to find. Yeah, it, you gotta, it is, You got to admit, Turkey Shoot does have a great sense of humor. Yes, it uh, does. Um, you shoot the, tur- shoot the turkeys who turn into roasted turkeys when killed. I guess the programmers for this one must have hated turkeys. One interesting bit of trivia about this arcade machine is that it had feathers that flew around the screen. They were blown by a fan and each time a mission got completed. So, that's all for today. Again, please wear a mask, wash your hands, stay safe. Going to the final frontier, masked and gaming. So,
0: yep. that sounds a little
1: bit kinky, actually. I don't know. So, thank oh, you, Eugenio. Yeah,
0: thank thanks, you, Eugenio, for your
1: email. again. As, always as great always. to hear from, from yes. him.
0: And always great to hear from any of you. Uh, PyFactory yes. at Fab4IT.com or pie Factory Podcast.
1: You, you guys don't want to let Eugenio have all the fun, do you? Huh? Huh? No, of course you don't. So, with that, uh, do you want me to reveal the theme, or do you want to reveal the theme, or... Uh, why don't you reveal the
0: theme? Because I, I think if I reveal it, I'm going to screw it up.
1: Okay. Uh, today's theme are light gun shooting games that are uh, should be played around the, the fall holidays, like Halloween uh. and Thanksgiving. Although, I would say that you probably shouldn't play the first game at all, but, uh, you know, <laughs> if you're going to play it at any time of the
0: year, play it during Halloween. Yeah, and don't play it right before you go to bed, either. Oh, my God
1: yeah I've I've seen much worse in films so it doesn't give me nightmares but you're talking yeah. to a guy who has dreams where I went to high school with Jason and
0: Freddie, and they were my friends so you yeah. know hmm, there you go so
1: so there you are and uh do we have some people to thank
0: oh oh yeah the people who sponsor the pie factory podcast I have to uh, give some shout-outs to those folks on the Patreon list because they're awesome. Uh, not saying that people who aren't on this list aren't awesome because we know a lot of awesome people who aren't on the list. And that's totally yeah, we fine. That's totally fine. Uh, we thank the following But if they were on the list, they would be even more awesome. Yeah. Uh, first, thing, I'm going to start with the entities that we don't necessarily have like names behind. We're just going to use their entities. So uh, that would include Atari Bytes, New Balance Stores Phoenix, and underground retrocade thank all of you so much and then um let's see i'm gonna go next to uh, greg over at the snes podcast thank you for your support my friend uh and of course thank you all who, who've uh, been so generous to us over the years that's air shack art Guglielmo. Christian Williams, D. Alex, Franco Dragon, Keith... She- oh, speaking of Franco Dragon. Oh, I'll get oh. back to that in a moment. Uh, Keith Sheehan, thank you. Kurt Musgrave, Kyle Etter, Lance Andres, Mark Super, Mike Hat NJ, Nate Lockhart, PJ Steele, Richard Grounds, Richard Valdez. But did, did you just hear something knock on my... Th- there nope. might've been a few times, by the way, during the podcast, you hear something knocking my microphone, I'm wearing blue light glasses and I'm not used to that right now with a microphone in my face. So that might be that I apologize. Uh, but thank you, Richard grounds, Richard Valdez, Rory Coleman, Steve Steiner, Tim Foley, and Timmy Mack. You guys are all fantastic. And if you are not among our Patreon sponsors, but would like to help us out a little bit, hey, listen to our booth announcer at the end of this episode. And she will tell you, uh, exactly what you need to do. But, uh, the name Franco dragon reminded me, um, Franco Dragon shared a table with us at Midwest Gaming Classic last year. And as we probably know. Oh, yeah, you're
1: right. It was last year.
0: Okay. Yeah, it was 2019. 2020, yeah. uh, Midwest Gaming Classic was canceled because of COVID-19. Well, they have announced a date, well, a set of dates for 2021. So I'm really excited about it. And this was interesting. Lately, Midwest Gaming Classic has been like late March, early April. And Well, next year, they scheduled it for November. It's like the weekend of November 4th. And I thought that was pretty interesting and well-played. Because if you schedule it too early, it might still be a little bit too dangerous. Hopefully, by the time November rolls around next year, uh, we will be in a much better situation in which we can have such a thing like Midwest Gaming Classic. Yeah. Uh, I know that they already have uh, Paul Niemeyer booked as a guest. They booked him literally as soon as they canceled the last one. (laughs) So he should be there, I I hope. Uh, We will be there as customers. Uh, Well, unless, Jimmy G, you want to do a table by yourself.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, we're not going to do a table. Although we <laughs> yeah. have, Sean and I have tossed around the idea of possibly having a, uh, a bit of a, uh, a party for our fans or something. So, yeah. I mean, this you know, something, something is getting to do, together you know, for pizza or something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause we, we'd love to hang out with you. We we've, we've hung out with a couple of our listeners before and it was such a good time. Always oh, a good time yeah. there. And, uh, yeah, so I'm really excited. I already have my tickets because I opted not for a refund, but to use my ticket money for, for a future admission. So uh, I'm already set. I just got to get a hotel and yeah. And I just realized that might be the same weekend that most people do, um, extra life, which will be weird.
1: That would be an interesting place to do it from though.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Except like you'd be busy playing games all day and not seeing any of the show <laughs> unless you, I don't know. I don't know, but Hey, who knows? Who knows? Uh, I hope that doesn't discourage. I mean, you can do your extra life whenever the heck you want, but yeah, I didn't do extra life this year. Uh, cuz last year when I did extra life I, I I only raised about half my goal and I, I that, that wasn't very encouraging and also what I did in 2018 was I booked a hotel by underground retrocade so I could do like say 12 hours at underground retrocade and then not have to worry about falling asleep behind the wheel going home and I did the same thing last year I booked there's a place across the street from the retrocade it's a Kind of a hotel that's only like two rooms and they use uh, uh, Airbnb to book it with. And they were fantastic. I wish I remember the name of it. Uh, if I do, I'll put it in the show notes. But they were awesome. And the cost of doing that, plus that I didn't raise even half my goal, it just didn't turn out to be monetarily worth it. So I figured I'll take At least this year, I wasn't going to do it. And uh, I posted a message on my personal Facebook page saying, hey, anybody who donated to me in the past, donate to Ferg. So hopefully some of my ex-donees went to Ferg. So anyway, anyway, where were we? Oh yeah. We're supposed to end the podcast, right? Yes, now. Uh, we're supposed to end the episode. At well, least why we're going to we be back about, with another uh, episode. Games
1: we're going to do next episode.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, What games were we going to do next episode?
1: We're going to talk about discs of Tron,
0: discs of Tron
1: and mad planets,
0: mad planets,
1: mad oh, planets yes. So yeah. Yeah. Thank you all for listening to us again. Uh, hope that uh, we're only going once a month isn't uh, isn't uh, impacting your schedule at all but uh you know it is what it is so, it is what it is yeah trust me if we could do this more often and we were getting paid a hundred thousand a year each I would definitely go more often but oh, we, hell we're yeah. not but this, so that that's what it is so so is. we will
0: talk to you all again in December and uh, bye bye Bye-bye. Forget you. I'm going to sell, sell. Well. Make me some money. Ah, Seacrest out.
1: This episode of the Pie Factory Podcast was edited and produced by Hyde St. Pierre opening and closing theme is the happy l composed by sean courtney love theme from addenda and errata was composed by jim gobel follow the pie factory podcast online via facebook on twitter at pie factory pfp or on pie factory podcast.com support the show at patreon.com slash pie factory podcast High Factory Podcast is a member of the Fab Four IT Podcast Network.
0: He can take aim with his laser gun, using the cursor on the screen to go home in on his em- enemies. Home in on his enemies. <laughs>